Isaiah chapter 11. In these weeks in the Advent season, um, we are walking our way through what's called a prophetic oracle. Um, This is words that the prophet Isaiah spoke to the people of God centuries, millennia ago. And he told them of this coming king who would come to make all things new and right. And that king, of course, is Jesus. So this morning we continue with our third sermon here in Isaiah chapter 11. And as is our custom, we will pair this reading with a reading from the opposite testament. In this case, the reading will come from Revelation chapter 21. Would you listen closely and carefully to this God's word to us? Isaiah chapter 11, beginning in verse one. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the lion and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra and the winged child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, even as the waters cover the sea. And from the book of Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. 
Let's pray together. Lord, in your kindness and in your mercy, we now ask in these moments that you would do the thing that only you can do. And that is to take these words that are in your word, Lord, as beautiful and vivid yet mysterious as they are, and would you shine light on them? Lord, would you shine light in our hearts, Lord, to the places where the light needs to be shown? And would you use these words to give us both great rest, Lord, great hope, and great joy in our Lord Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray this morning. Amen. Um, I've mentioned this to you before, but I had an English teacher in high school, English literature, that was deeply influential in my life. And, and one of the things she taught me was anytime you read a story, to take a piece of paper and take a pencil, and as you're reading the story, just sketch out the general movement of the plot. Does it start in one place and dip down low, or does it go to high places? Just what does the plot line of the story look like? And one thing you'll notice if you make a practice of doing this, you'll notice that all the great stories, all the great movies, all the great films, all the great plays, all the great stories that stir your soul, you'll notice have a plot that's shaped like a J. Let me explain. And this is just shooting off the hip. Imagine um, a story of a boy and imagine he is in a kind of chaotic rushed, stressed family, and he's in this crazy and chaotic, rushed and stressed family, and it's so crazy and chaotic and, and rushed and frantic, especially around the holidays, that when his family is going on a trip, they accidentally leave him, and they leave him home, alone. <laughs> and, and it's so bad, actually, that um, some burglars realize this and they come to rob his house. But he, but he fights them off and a whole series of things happen and everything ends up okay, but it ends up even better than okay because kind of new levels of connection are made with his family again. See, it starts in one place, dips low and turns to even a higher and better place. And the reason why a story like that stirs your soul, that's a lighthearted way of me trying to make an important point. And the reason why that kind of story resonates deeply in the chambers of your soul is because that is the story of our world. You know, I'm a pastor, which means that I get access to some of the deepest places of the human heart on a regular basis. And the human heart has deep, deep, deep longings. And because I'm a pastor, sometimes people will share these deep longings with me. And in particular, in times of crisis, the deep longings of the human soul are exposed. And so many times in moments of crisis as I've sat with someone over years of pastoral ministry, so many times I've heard someone say to me, 
in so many words. I just want things to be restored. I just want things to be made new. In times of crisis, I've never once ever heard anybody ever say, I just want a bigger house. But the human heart deeply wants to see things restored. And what I'm here to announce to you today, hear me, it's happening. It will happen one day fully and finally, but it's already in process of happening. In the person and work of Jesus, all things are being made new. In fact, that's the main thing I want you to hear this morning. If you don't hear anything else else I say, Christ is bringing about the restoration of all things. And to, to, to share this with you, to unfold this for you, we need to look at this particularly vivid image of the restoration of all things that Isaiah gives us. Here in Isaiah 11, we learn about the restoration of all things, particularly in verses six to nine, the whole entire created order is transformed and restored to even something more beautiful and greater than what was in the garden. So let's take a look at this together. Just a couple quick words about where we've been so far in these, um, in these verses. First, we learn that Christ, the coming king, would possess by the power of his spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he would possess wisdom and skill in order that he could bring life in the most lifeless situations. That's this stump of Jesse language. A lifeless thing, just a stump. We see lots of stumps around our city this week, don't we? But a shoot, a new life will shoot up out of this dead and broken stump. That is what the coming king would be. He'd rule with wisdom and skill to bring life into lifeless situations. And then last week we learned that this coming king who would bring life in lifeless situations is also the world's true and righteous judge. That he would judge from the content of his character in such a way that would vindicate the suffering, destroy the wicked. And we learned last week that this king, this King Jesus goes to the cross in order to bring sinners who were far from him into reconciliation with him to make them right with God. And it's important to kind of catch the sequential nature of this because it's because this king has all wisdom and skill to bring life to the lifeless places and it's because he's the true and righteous judge that the third thing can occur which is the restoration of all things. That's the result of his rule. So let's explain this. And if anybody got a degree in college in like zoology, just bear with me here, okay? Verse six, I don't know if zoology is even a degree you can get. Verse six, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. This is what the great restoration looks like. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard can lie down with the young goat. The calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. In a poetic fashion, the prophet is giving us sort of the most dangerous creatures of the ancient world, 
paired with the most gentle and docile creatures. And when these creatures are together, they don't suffer any violence between them, but yet peace reigns. For example, a wolf can dwell and live with a lamb. And I want you to imagine that right now. Imagine if in this room, we could make a little experiment and we could set up a little pen of some kind and we could put a little lamb in the pen and then introduce a fierce gray wolf inside of it. If we were to do that, I'm not sure any of us would hang around to see what happened. We'd be afraid that the wolf might leap the pen and choose different sorts of foods. It's, it's almost insane that such peace could be brought. It's almost insane that such peace could be wrought, could be made. But if a wolf can lay with the lamb and dwell with the lamb, then some sort of cosmic restoration of all things is in the process of occurring. The next line. And the leopard shall lie down with the goat, the young goat. My daughter and I, um, when she was in kindergarten, we went out to a farm for a kindergarten field trip. And, and the the whole, the whole field trip involved going to a farm and getting to see all these precious little animals. And, and when we got to the part of the, you know, the, the, the rotation where we got to see these little baby goats that had been born just a few days earlier, that was kind of the star of the show. It kind of lit the kindergartner's hearts on fire, seeing these little stumbling little baby goats. And again, the prophet is saying, and imagine a, a fierce leopard could be in there with them. And, and everything is fine. That's because some deep and greater peace has been brought. Some deep and greater peace has been made. The calf and the lion, and oh, by the way, in case you missed it, the fattened calf also. See, in the ancient world, a fattened calf was a calf that was particularly raised to be food. So some delectable piece of food is now being introduced before a fierce and hungry creature, the lion. The lion is the fiercest creature of the ancient world. To this day, in parts of Africa, they say that you can hear a lion's roar from one mile away. But some deep and greater restoration of all things has occurred if they can be together. And then just to amplify the intensity of the figurative language, all of that, and can you imagine a little child just taking them all for a walk around the neighborhood? If you happen to look out your, your living room windows and you see a little child leading fierce animals around the block, you'll know that some sort of fuller and more final peace is in the process happening. And in case we didn't get the idea, it just amplifies and intensifies in verse seven. Oh, by the way, the cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. I spent some time out west in the last few years, and they say that the grizzly bear population is bouncing back. A friend of mine who travels out west often 
has a house there, says that you can sometimes smell a grizzly bear before you see one. I said, what does it smell like? And this mountain man says to me, danger. (laughs) I believe it. I I don't wanna smell it, but I believe it. But imagine a fierce grizzly bear being introduced to a cow and everything being okay. And and as if this weren't crazy enough, it just amplifies it and intensifies in verse eight. The nursing child shall play over the hole of cobra. Again, a dangerous animal. And a nursing child is able to play. When our babies were little, we'd lay them on their little backs for them to roll around and look at the lights, but I would never in a million years lay them next to a den of snakes. A wean child, in other words, a slightly older child. Imagine a toddler. A toddler can stick his hand down into the den of the snake. And when it happens, nobody stresses out over it. You don't have any parents frantically alarmed. I mentioned that this morning to a mom in our congregation. And when I mention it, she just goes... I'm not gonna tell you who this mom was. She's right. In other words, if that kind of peace can happen, some sort of deep and full and final peace is in the process of unfolding in this world. See, this is all figurative language to get us at the idea of verse nine. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. Why? For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, even as much as the waters cover the sea. In other words, this king who's coming, his rule will be known and embraced his rule with perfect wisdom and skill, his having acted as the judge of the earth to put away wickedness and evil will result in a true and final deep renewal and restoration of all things. Because the knowledge of our God will be known as extensively as even the waters cover the sea. This is ancient Hebrew for very, very extensive. Think of the lyrics to the song Joy to the World we just sang. He makes his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. And he undoes the curse of evil and sin and death and darkness. That's our text. And let me just announce to you what I think is the main thing of this passage once again. And it's really not the easiest thing to get your mind around because it's kind of unimaginable in our world. We live in a world full of darkness. We live in a world full of chaos. We live in a world full of violence and strife. We live in a world full of danger. We live in a world full of evil and wickedness and sin and sorrow. 
Let me just announce the truth of the situation. Our Lord Jesus, your Lord Jesus, is absolutely, assuredly, resolutely moving the world to this end. It's absolutely happening. It will happen one day fully and finally, and that's what this text foreshows. But he's in the process of moving our world in that direction to greater degree all the time. Let me put it to you another way. If you're a Christian person this morning, if you're a Christian person this morning, I can say to you with the most full confidence a person can say, if you're a Christian person this morning, your best days are always ahead of you. And that is true regardless of if today is one of your worst. You can know that your bests are always in front of you. I heard, I heard a, an older seasoned saint recently, and, and he was describing, he was talking, and he was describing the way that his father, so a seasoned saint of a, even another generation, he described the way that his father would have this phrase. His father was a devoutly, deep, faithful, Christian, wise, gentle, sage-like man. And his father, all growing up, would always have this phrase. And here was the phrase his father would say. And he'd say it around their family all the time at all kinds of occasions. He'd say, you know me, I'm optimistic about the future. So sometimes he'd say it in lighthearted ways. Like if the family wanted to go to a restaurant for dinner, they weren't sure that it was open. They couldn't get on their iPhone and check. And he'd say, let's just go because you know me, I'm optimistic about the future. And he'd say it at all kinds of places, but here's what this man who was recounting this story said, and it struck a chord with me. He said, but every time he said it, it gave us so much strength in our hearts. See, that longing you have in your soul that things would be made new and right this text tells us, the promise of this season tells us that that longing, and hear me here today, that longing is not groundless. It's not groundless. It's the fact that you have that longing in your heart. It's the reason why the writer of the book of Hebrews says it's the reason why God's not ashamed to be called your God. See, in Jesus Christ, who comes as a baby, he comes and he lives with wisdom and skill. He is this coming king. In the power of the spirit, he lives with wisdom and skill in order to bring life where it's lifeless. And he goes to the cross, of course, as the judge of all the earth, to judge the power of evil and sin and death and darkness, to destroy the works of the devil on his cross, we're told. And in doing so, he finds a way to make sinners right with God. And the scriptures teach that this same coming King Jesus was raised from the dead and at this very moment, because he has ascended to the right hand of God the Father, at this very moment, at this very moment, the scriptures teach that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He rules. Scripture teaches that one day he'll return to make things fully and finally new and right. 
on that day that's off into the future, you and I, listen to me carefully, especially if you suffer from any kind of physical ailment, you will have a resurrected body. In new heavens and new earth. And hear me closely, if you're a sinner today, sin and sorrow will be no more. And death will be swallowed up forever. And this peace that's foreshown in this passage will be full and final. The scripture sheets that we'll see that King Jesus, the one described here in Isaiah 11, we'll see his actual face. And when we see it, we'll say something to the effect of, this is our God, we have waited on him. And what I'm here to tell you today, that full and final future restoration I've just described, this same King Jesus has sent his spirit to live inside of you. And his spirit in the scriptures, the Holy Spirit in the scriptures is the renewing, recreating work of God. So this great renewal of all things is beating and happening, if you're a Christian today, in your very chest. And it will spill forth from there even to the restoration of all things. It's the Christian gospel. And it just so happens to be all your hope this morning. And it is true. And it yields at least three effects for you. And this is the way I want to end by sort of aiming this at your heart. Effect number one, there's like a thousand, I'll give you three. If this king is coming to bring about this great restoration of all things, that even the created order itself will be renewed and changed and peace will be full and final. Then this morning, you can be a person who rests. And I don't mean take a nap. Because some of us are kind of tired, we know a nap won't help. See, so Jesus offers a deeper rest, a rest we've already heard this morning. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can rest. And you'll find your rest when you rest in him. A second thing that I think this yields is hope. In Christian hope, is a particular thing. And I wanna explain it to you for another time. Like literally another time I'm gonna tell it. I've told you this a thousand times. But when we use the word hope in our culture, we're expressing a desire for something we're not sure of. I hope my team wins the game. It's the very use of the word is kind of saying, I'm not sure it will happen. Christian hope is exactly opposite of that. It's expressing a certainty of something that is very sure to happen. That full and final restoration of all things that's already under the way, underway. I'm telling you this morning, it's happening. And hope has to do with taking that future reality and being able to kind of pull it back into the present tense in order to strengthen you in your situation. That's Christian hope. Whenever you think of hope, I want you to think of someone taking a rope and trying to pull future promises to the present moment. Third thing is, my gosh, does it yield deep joy? And joy in a Christian sense is not 
the ups and downs of things going good or bad in our life. Joy is a hard-won, deeper gladness because you know that Jesus comes through on all his promises. Our Lord Jesus comes through on every one of his promises. So much so that it will bring about, is in the process of bringing about the restoration of all things. Let's pray.